This is Scoreline Extra, the podcast that condenses down some of the interviews that we conducted on Scoreline during the week. Now, it has been an absolute banner weekend of sport here at KCLR. We had Camogie County Finals in the Junior, Intermediate and Senior ranks and, of course, the Kilkenny Senior County Final. Post-match reaction coming from all that as well as the reaction from the man himself, John Shark Hanlon, after a US Grand National victory for his trained horse, Hewick. We'll also hear from Ronnie Whelan, the Liverpool legend who's doing a Liverpool legend tour, coming to the Watergate Theatre at some stage next year, and Joe Sheehan talks all things Greyhounds. But there's only one place to start, and that's with the Ballyhale Shamrocks. Now, Lacey, selector, trainer with Ballyhale Shamrocks. First of all, congratulations. Were you worried at any time? Of course you are when you're playing James Stevens, you know what we're going to bring to the, to the occasion. Um, we went down to 14 players. All right, I can't remember what we were up, three or four points up at the time, so three points up, yeah. So it was going to be a serious battle ahead, but you know, they, they really dug deep, the players, uh, um, and when they went down to 14, the, the hurling they produced was just incredible. The character they showed, the spirit, uh, and their hurling came through in the end, you know, and they're a super bunch to work with, incredible players. We've watched them, supported them, and often wondered how good they were. But that, when they went down to 14 men, they really, really just turned into the shamrocks that we all dream to be or to be involved with. The, the leaders, like the young lads, particularly like TJ and Colin were excellent, but the younger lads just got better as the game went on. Yeah, look, the likes of Adrian Mullen, Owen Cody, Richie Reid, Dara Corcoran, Ronan Corcoran, Evan Shefflin, all these guys, and they're all super, super hurlers and great players to work with and real leaders. Like, you know, you don't have to do a whole lot with them and coax them into coaching-wise and what you want to do with them. They're just real serious leadership on the field always, you know. Goal chances were plenty on both sides and you'll feel you had plenty of chances, you missed one of your chances and equally the, the village will think they had chances but when they went with the extra man and you were down the, 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 down the man they seemed to be devoid of ideas ye obviously had a plan or had ye a plan? <laughs> well the plan is the, the players will always they will dictate it on the pitch in fairness with, with the leadership and, the, and they're very clever in their use of the ball they will play through the lines they'll go along if they need to but on this occasion when they needed to play through the lines they needed to get you know we went down we spoke to Dean at times we knew TJ was our outlet long puck out down on TJ he was catching ball and if we had to go short we went short Noel Lacey thanks very much and congratulations we have your fellow manager and selector you'll celebrate over the next two days Pat Oban great great win I was talking to Noel great great win for you but at any stage were you worried? Uh, Look to be honest I suppose um to send an off I suppose you're, you're, you know, and there was a little bit breeze seemed to be picking up the, the village seemed to be getting a little bit of momentum uh, we were three points up I don't think we were ever led really you know. so we had that little bit of a cushion but uh, yeah I was worried at that stage you know, you're saying how did they react but geez, they, remarked, they reacted unbelievably unbelievable in the first half TJ sold, not solely but he led from the very beginning but in those last 10 minutes before half time he really played a big influence on the game and then in the second half certainly that half back line came really good yeah like, uh, no, to be fair, I think like a lot of people have said, TJ had a quite season to this. I, uh, I genuinely felt 
you know, there was one big game in him and he, you know, uh, thankfully it came out today. Half back line, uh, and I think we brought Adrian Mullen back out to the midfield after Paddy went off and he really stormed into the game. But half back line, Evan, Richie, Derek Harker were just awesome, awesome. We talk about Ballyhead Shamrocks and how they turn these ordinary chaps into great hurlers. He did it again today. He brought on a Niall Shortle. He got four possessions and he gets this wonder point from the sideline to win a county final. Something that any chap dreams of. Yeah, no, uh, to be fair, uh, Niall has started every match for us all year. Uh, we had a big call to make uh, not starting him today, so it was really, I'm delighted for the young lad to get in and, 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 and make that difference. And the same with Killian Corcoran, another chap has played every minute of every match. Again, you know, we had tough calls to make, with it, uh, and I was delighted he got on the field again at the end. The year is not over, of course. You have a Leinster Championship to play, and of course, Bally Gunner last year year or in February ended ended their season dreams have you even thought about the the Leinster Championship at this stage I genuinely know. No, it's never ever been mentioned. To be fair, the goal was the county final. I think you know, you know all the all the history attached to winning this one, all of the motivations for winning it. To be honest, no, we haven't looked at it. It's a few weeks away. There's Kilkenny are going on a holiday. There's lots of things in between. So, look, we'll sit down in the next week or so, and we'll come up with a plan for that. Um, Valley Hale Shamrocks, as we said, five in a row, twenty titles, Tullerone. But for your own self, James Maher and Niall Lacey, year four. County final senior you're obviously you can't under serious pressure getting involved with a Shamrocks team like that it was a big ask to go in there and try and replicate and win the county final yeah look a huge ask but it's such an honour you know what I mean like when the, when the opportunity came I think anybody who, who's interested in hurling would have to grab it you know uh, um, you're, you're working with some of the best players in the country so you know whatever the outcome was it was always going to be a privilege and an honour just to get to work with those guys Pat Hoban Shamrocks manager Belly Hale congratulations thank you very much Adrian. thank you Yeah, Joey could he won two in a county final and you didn't start the game all year yeah it's a sweet one I suppose any day you score one two is a good one but just look got my chance in there today and just tried my best tried to work hard and I suppose the goal felt for me lovely and if you're working I suppose that's what happens so what is it about Joey could he he only seems to score points from sidelines. Do you don't like taking a, a score from front of the goal? Well, considering I was here against Tullerone last week and I was on my own on 45 and I struck it wide, so the, the running joke all week was keep me under pressure and put me on the sideline. <laughs> but no, I must work on the ones in front of the goal. <laughs> Joe, you're one of the younger players to be involved hurling with legends like the likes of TJ, the likes of Colin Finley, and to be part of that setup and to win five county final medals. Did you ever, ever think that when you started with the Shamrocks? No, Jesus, before, before I played I used to do the hurls and even you'd be starstruck in the dressing room in there so when you get the chance to hurl with them they really bring you on and it's a case of you're doing what they're doing so you're going to be up there competing with the best and you have no choice it's sink or swim really when you're hurling with them so they're a they're a great um, they're a great inspiration and they really drive all the younger lads on Joe, you had an injury. I don't think you played since the All-Ireland final. But you worked hard, I believe, on your own. Yeah, I had an injury there ongoing and I got a little um, injection in my Achilles, so I was, I was minding that. But I was working away in the gym. I was down to train and, and Niall Acey was very good in fairness. He kept on top of me. I never wanted to see the own machine again. <laughs> but, uh, no, the, the, the backroom team were great there. They kept us all in great shape all year. So. Joey Cody, well done. Thanks you. Much. All right. Darren Mullen, a man 
with a, a lifetime of injuries but to get to play in a county final and win a county final on a historic occasion must be great for you personally as well yeah look personally as you said it's great a um, lot of injuries a lot of time on the sidelines but um, when you get to play in days like this and make history like we've done it makes it absolutely it's just unbelievable to be honest for a young lad like yourself to come into a Ballyhale set up and now to have five county final medals some achievement yeah um, I suppose we didn't foresee it we were always uh, we were always on the up underage and that you know we always battled hard we didn't win a whole lot underage but once it came to minor then under 21 it started to come together so you know look it's, it's just as you said there look, it's unbelievable and the success we've had over the last few years has just been it's been incredible and uh, long may it last long may it last for you personally yeah second half today three minutes of second half your big brother or your little brother gets the Spaha baller what did you think? Um, not about the incident <laughs> I didn't think a whole lot now to be honest um, actually I don't know what was going through my head but I kind of felt we were in the driving seat and for a couple of minutes after that I think we tapped over one or two points and we seemed to settle and we started to hurl reasonably well then so um, it seemed to open up a bit for us and we never seemed to didn't seem to phase us now to be honest you have, as we mentioned, a lot of good underage talent playing with you. And then this young lad comes on, Niall Shartle, and gets this wonder score. <laughs> wonder like, score, yeah. What are you doing down there? <laughs> yeah, look, Niall, um, he's come out, he's just come up the ranks there again, and this year he seemed to just push on unbelievably. He's been hurling well there, playing a lot of junior, junior C, playing a bit of everything there, and he just seemed to be getting better as the year went on. And Joe himself, Killian Cork, and there, a couple of young lads, more lads on the sideline that could come in, so it's great to have a few more coming through. Darren Mullen, well done, congratulations. Thanks, Ed. Ger Welsh, he really threw the form book out the window in that one. He have just defeated Dixborough in the senior county final. How do you feel? Delighted. Delighted that, uh, look, I'm not going to go down the road of saying that we've been vindicated or whatever. Uh, but, I mean, the girls today, we, we had our meeting during the week and we said we were going to war. And that we knew that's what it was going to have to take here today, uh, conditions and the borough. Um, and that's what we did. You know, and, I mean, they threw everything at us and we threw everything at them. We were lucky to come out on top. But it just showed the last play of the game to come up and get that score. Just, for me, epitomises what we're about, which is just work rate, heart, determination and camaraderie. It was an unbelievable first half from yourselves. You know, you went in at the break six points ahead, all yeah. thanks to a very well-worked goal, to be fair to Ian. You really pushed on when you went ahead at Dixborough and you didn't relent. No, we didn't. I thought, look, we were, I thought we should have got a couple of more scores in, in, in the first half, maybe one more goal. Uh, but uh, look, at I, it was toss-up at half-time, whether it was enough. But, I mean, to me, it's not the scoreboard that matters. It's What matters is the girls that are in front of you. And what mattered to me at half-time were the girls that were going out in the second and half to finish off a job um, so I mean to me I wasn't really watching the scoreboard but they're just relentless like in their work rate and their attitude and everything else and that in the end is what won it for us but in fairness your work rate was unbelievable today um, you know right from Kate McDonald's all the way down to Trace Donnelly and the subs that came on as well they were immense like they, they really tore into Dixborough and you could see that the amount of turnovers especially for over carry and freeze that G1 yeah. as soon as some of the Dixborough girls got the ball he swarmed around them but that's what you have to do Martin if you're not going to bring that to a county final you have no business being here now I mean I look at the Borough came and did the same but I don't know did we outwork them or did we get the few breaks or whatever but that was our game plan all along and that's the way we play uh, heart on our sleeve we just go out we attack everything we play for each other we back each other up we run off the shoulder if somebody's in trouble I tell you for me for what epitomised it for me was Therese Donnelly over on the far sideline um, just 10 minutes ago she was 
there was one borough person and Therese made the tackle three more piled in and she was there one on four till somebody came to help her she held the ball up somebody came in we won the ball and, and drove it out so I mean that to me is no surprise that's what they're about that's what they've always been about Dixborough are a good team as well came back at you you know the goal that they scored was a very well worked move to draw the game level but you go down the other end of the field then a couple of phases later and you get a goal yourself clear it up for us because we couldn't see it who actually scored the second goal for what I could see it was Anna connected with it um, in the air the ball was dropping in uh, from Eva Hines dropped short Anna connected with it in the air and I wound up in the back of the net look at look you get those goals like I mean fair bit of skill to connect with a high ball dropping like that but I mean look at our work rate I think we deserved to get the breaks today and, and we did um, and again back to the same story when we needed to point to win the game we came up and got it um, and that was against that breeze and you know, that took an effort that took that took camaraderie that took team whatever you want to call it but that was everybody working for everybody else um, and that's what we're about The team show great character all year people have been saying and I mean we haven't given you much chance to be fair either on the podcast I mean we've went with form and that's why I said to you form has really gone out in the window yeah. but I mean you know you're not gone anywhere I mean you're not in transition you might have lost a few girls but by God you still have them no, I mean I heard nonsense during the week of somebody talking about Shelley Farrelly Shelley has gone four years and was a brilliant player for her but to be referencing her you know people should know better than that but what it also showed to me was I thought uh, a lack of belief in the players that we have here that they can step into the breach and play you know those girls have been playing all year all along and over the last don't forget we won a county final two years ago do you know with, with damn near the same team I'm missing one or two this year but we never referenced that everybody else seemed to be caught up about who we were missing I mean my attitude is if you 15 tagged out that's enough do you know and it showed there again today Like so I mean we've lost great names or whatever but people step into the breach Sarah Hudson 18 years of age she's a midfielder all her life underage we put her back corner back she fought like a dog there today you know Therese Donnelly or Lisa Donnelly as well I mean we lost four backs from last year and then we lost another one with Sinead Galway this year through a cruciate and we had to start bringing back midfielders and half forwards and they never batted an eyelid they said where do you want me to play give me my jersey and out I go and that's what they did today again conditions were tough as well as you can probably hear behind us the wind is blowing and it was a strong breeze but it didn't leave you phase either in the second half playing against it like he done well no and I mean look at uh, hard work against it always works against a breeze I've never two phase about going out against a breeze okay because it turned it around the other way where you have the breeze uh, people seem to think the ball will go over the bar but, there, well done, yeah. Brian thank you uh, but I mean it doesn't you have to put it over the bar but I knew look at we just said again we referenced at half time we sat down during the week and said we were going to war and that's exactly what we did and we said it at half time we had to go to war again in the second half to get out of this and that's that's the way it worked out I know you're only a man that takes one game at a time but we have to say it you are champions now you go on to Leinster into a semi-final and meet the Dublin champions it's a game that you're not going to get phased over either you're going to go straight into it and relish a chance at the Dublin champions as well we'll take a couple of days off and celebrate and we'll get back ahead then and we'll relish a crack ahead of course we will but that's bonus territory for us don't get me wrong at the start of the year it was always about getting back and winning a county final and that's that's the goal we set ourselves that's the aim we set ourselves in a difficult year for all clubs with girls gone on holidays and girls had to take breaks and it had to be done given what went on over the last couple of years but I mean look at that was our that, again like I said we're into bonus territory with Leinster we'll, we'll take today and relish it well, you can certainly be sure you'll be top of the bill on the Camogie Kine, or the Come On Kind podcast uh, on Tuesday night this week anyway, and it won't be the fact that uh, we'll be writing you off. Nah, thanks very much for that, Martin. But look at if I can say something here. 
Um, I'd like to thank Freshford for the use of their facility here, savage place and everything like that. But at the end of the day, as a player said to me during the week, I didn't dream when I was running around the garden um, hitting the ball to my father that I dream of playing a county final in Freshford. I dreamt of playing a county final in Nolan Park. And I think at this day and age that that's where it should be. Um, everybody needs to, to get their heads together. Yeah, it doesn't need to be at a national level. It has to be at a local level even. And that these girls and this game, this spectacle today, deserved to be, I'm not going to say a curtain raiser for a senior county final tomorrow, but it's, it was a, deserved to be a standalone fixture in our county ground in Northern Park. And I think the sooner that happens, the better. And there's a lot of people have that exact sentiment. Well, hopefully, well, we need to get it done, Martin. There's no point talking about it. Well, well done, Sager. Congratulations you, and best of luck in the next day. Thank you. Jenny Reddy, you're shivering with the cold, but I don't think you're going to mind too much. You've just been crowned senior champions for 2022, and better still, you won the Player of the Match award as well. Must be a happy lady going home this evening. I'm very happy going home this evening with the win, especially. I just can't believe it. We we came in here today, and we knew we were just going to have a serious battle ahead. And like all week, people were saying to me, "Oh, you're like it's going to be very tough for you. It's going to be very tough for me for you." And that's exactly what it was. But part of me did think we might, if we were, if we worked really hard, we might get get over the line today. And I'm just so happy we did. I think it's one of the the most special wins we've had, to be honest. You talk about hard work. The work rate of all of the Thomastown players from one to fifteen today was immense. What was instilled into you by the management during the week? Um, well, I think we knew that Dixborough were such a good team that we wouldn't we wouldn't have a chance against them unless we worked really really hard. Like to be honest, coming in, if, if we were if we didn't work hard today, we could have lost by a good few points. Like we could have got hammered. So we knew we had to um, do that coming into the game today. But it's something that's kind of always been in our team. I think even in the past, and I know we've lost some girls over the last year or so, which are huge losses. But some of the younger girls did step up and they showed that. They're, they're able to work equally as hard as well. When I came back in the second half, it was level, nip and tuck all the way through. Had you really still got the belief heading towards the end? Were you looking at, oh God, is this going to go to extra time? Or had you always got the belief, no, we can get the win and score like we did and come away with the victory? I had the belief, but to be honest, I did think it was slipping there at times. Like they did have one or two wides. Um, and I, I think that really helped. Like we did get a bit of luck today and with, with the second goal as well. But um, yeah, like there was times when I did feel it was slipping. But yeah, I'm just so happy we got the few breaks and we got over the line in the end. I don't think you'll mind me saying you probably are one of the elder stateswomen of this team. Mm-hmm. It's great to be out, but playing in midfield as well, like, I mean, you have such an engine on you. You were everywhere. I'd say you covered every blade of grass here in Freshford this afternoon, and I know it's a, a team game, but to be awarded the, the player of the match as well, it is nice to come away with the accolades. Oh, it's lovely to come away with it, but to be honest, I think you could have picked anyone off our team today, really. Everybody worked so hard. And yeah, unfortunately, I am pushing on, and I am, I'd say, by far the oldest out there today, unfortunately. But um, look, at I'm just enjoying it. I think I enjoy um, the games a little bit more now, and the victories, especially because I know my, my days I suppose of playing out there are, are limited at this stage Well they're not limited yet because you still now have the Leinster semi-final to contail with in a couple of weeks time I know and to be honest this year we didn't look past the county final at all like in the past I suppose there was a lot expected of us 
um, and this year was completely different like none of us I, I didn't even know it was on the 12th I think it's on the 12th is it? Yeah, you said it there when you were making your speech um, I hadn't even thought about it to be honest but yeah look we'll enjoy the, the win tonight and during the week we'll start focusing on Leinster Well congratulations on the win on the personal accolade today and the best of luck going forward in Leinster as well Thanks very much Mark. Jimmy O'Shea, manager of Carrick Shock. Your heart must have been in your mouth there for long periods of that second half. But what a way to come back and win a county final. You must be a happy man. Yeah, delighted, Martin, delighted. But I never lost faith in that bunch of women. Um, right to the bitter end, even when my own young one there put us in front and the bridge came back down the field and got a goal. Like, we had the ball blown the square five times and hey, we're after doing it a million times in training where we're coming on the shoulder, coming on the shoulder. And once it was to pick one woman in the whole parish to come on the shoulder, Neil Dunphy, that was on your own. And when she got in her hand, we're only going to be on result. Tough conditions out there, Jimmy, for a lot of the first half as well. You played again a very strong breeze and went in at half time, slightly down. But what were your thoughts going in at half time? Um, we weren't. We were. We were after hearing that the uh, intermediate game was after kind of being a game of two halves, and we were kind of thinking the same ourselves that um, if we could hold them in the first half, that we command down the, in the second half, and that's how it turned out to be. Now, in fairness to the bridge and Callan the bridge, they really did make some game of it against the breeze. And in fairness to them, uh, it takes two to make an epic game, and that was. Happy County final and fair play to them, yeah. It surely was. They were on top probably for periods of the first half. It took a while for you to get to terms with him, especially the forwards there. But in the second half, it was like a role reversal, Jimmy. You really got on top of him. Uh, I think bringing Orla onto Vivian Holmes, is it? She was able to match her for pace and she kind of sh- quietened her a good bit. She was a cause of a few problems. I think that was a good move for us. And that kind of quelled him a little bit. And I had always had faith in our forwards. And Mags Irish was hurling up a storm herself before she got injured. And she was a huge loss to us. Yeah, she certainly was. Any updates on her? It looked like a, a nasty shoulder injury yeah, that she went off with. Yeah, a nasty. We don't know yet, but look, she's a happy woman at the moment. She's going through the pain barrier at the moment, yeah. Jimmy, tells for a club in Carrick Shock, like, you're a small rural club, to be fair to you, but, I mean, those girls out there have hearts like lions. They never really give up. And to go back up into intermediate now again, your first time since 2015, it's great for the parish. Uh, it's great for the parish, and I know... Um, from you listening to your Kamogi uh, kind or whatever, he um, he probably he probably you they he probably under he underestimated the, the Carry Shot Club a little bit I think, and maybe it was just that you didn't really know what we had down there, but we knew what we had down there, and a lot of the girls um, they they even were using it as motivation that you were you were writing them off in every game. Pilton were going to beat us, Cannon were going to beat us. But them ones, hey, they never give up. And I know the quality is in that. We have Eve O'Shea there, 16 years of age, and she was very close to one of the top players for us. Uh, we have, we're after being in an under-14 B County final. Where we have we have oodles amount of little ones coming down, and you're welcome to them down any Wednesday evening, and there are probably 150 girls blowing the field with all top-class trainers looking after them all. And I believe that Carrick Shock are going to be a force to be reckoned with in time to come. They certainly are, Jimmy, and they're well coached as well, as you say. A lot of young girls are down there. I think Larry sent me a message during the week that there was between 140 and 150 in the pitch every evening. Yes. But it's going to be great now for them young girls to see success coming at adult level as well and something that they can now aspire to in a couple of years' time. Um, a lot of the little ones were around the pitch there today and I, I even see some of the 14s and tears in their eyes when, um, when, when we won. So it just shows you yeah, how much it does mean... It, it, 
it it shows it shows um, it shows how much it means to even the children. And hey, I'm involved there with development squads in Kilkenny, Camogie in Kilkenny. Like there's girls there in every club, and they're they're fabulous girls. And it's not just Carrick Shock. The amount of work that's been done throughout the whole county is great. And look, it just shows how much hurling and Camogie means in Kilkenny. It means the world, to be honest. When you see what it meant to us to win that game today. Well, it certainly do. I'd say you'll go and enjoy the celebrations now and for the remainder of the year. But you're going to look forward to getting up intermediate and relishing the challenge up there as well, Jimmy. Um, whether you realised or not, it or not, but the last two years, two years ago, I took the village to put us, put us out of the junior championship. They've gone on to be a very, very good team, and obviously they're senior now. Last year, Mooncoyne, after a battle blowing Kilmacow put us out of the championship. So we were under no illusion. We're under no illusion about the good teams in Kilkenny. But if them girls stick it out and stay coming and stay coming and stay coming, we'll be alright intermediate. And hope well hopefully we will be. So look, we'll enjoy this this evening anyway and we'll take it from there after that. Well congratulations on the win was well deserved and I suppose a great way to clinch a final as well. Fantastic Martin you couldn't if you were if you were writing a script you couldn't pick write it better. That's the long and the short of it. Good man Jim thanks, thanks a lot Martin thank you. Good man I'm with Sophie O'Dwyer of the village after their 12 points to 6 victory over Ornestig in the Intermediate County Final today in Bridge. Sophie, obviously, first of all, a huge congratulations. What does it mean to you and the whole club to uh, finally get up to senior? Thanks very much. You know, uh, it's absolutely amazing feeling. You know, we know how hard it is to get out of intermediate. Like, it's it's one. It's probably the toughest competition in uh, Kilkenny at the moment, Kilkenny Camogie at the moment. It's, you know, really tough. We were here this time last year and, you know, we lost out by two points. And to be honest, we mightn't have had the experience, you know, maybe we weren't ready. But this year, we were definitely ready. And, you know, the hunger and the drive was there. And the girls were fantastic out there today. You know, they really showed our character today. And it's just amazing to finally get over the line. Yeah. And you mentioned there last year, obviously, a bitterly disappointing defeat by two points. But has that been used as a motivational factor to drive you forward this year? Because you seemed really determined and intent, not just today, but throughout the entire campaign, to get up to senior. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, a lot of us the training during the year the young girls kept that going when the likes you know the few of us were still in with the county and you know we came back and we came in and you know the standard was second to none you know we got two new coaches there Tots and Chuck and um, they were just brilliant at getting the experience into the girls and driving them on so yeah it's fantastic and for yourself personally today if I'm not mistaken eight points your free taking was impeccable um, did you just feel like you were in the zone because you really did lead the, the scoring charge I suppose I know um, Emma Gaffney got a player of the match but you, you you were kind of leading it for the forwards particularly in that first half maybe when you were struggling a bit well yeah to be honest look I the, all the girls did the hard work you know I got a few that's my job at the end of the day the ball is on it you know I'm on my own to put the ball over the bar but to be honest like I don't think I got one score from play you know the girls just fought it out there and without them you know Neve Daly won so many frees and you know without that sure I nearly would have got, not got my name on the scoreboard at all so honestly it's a, it's a testament to the girls they were absolutely fantastic Fantastic. And you were six points to four behind at half time. Was there any stage where you thought um, maybe we're going to really have to push this? Because your second half performance, I mean, you didn't let Roar and Steve score and you got eight points of your own. Um, you know, did, did you really consciously make a decision to up it in the second half or was it just a case of there was a strong breeze there and you used that better in the second half than the Roar in the first half, maybe? Well, yeah, I suppose the breeze had a bit of a factor to play, but to be honest, going in at half time, we felt like we hadn't even put the foot down on the pedal yet. To be honest, like, you know, there was so much more in us and we just knew 
if we could get that potential and get a performance in the second half, you know, we knew we had a huge chance of getting on top today. But you know, they all really did put it up to us. It was a tough match, but you know, we were ready. We were ready for that today, and that that was the difference in the end. Well, well done again, Sophie, and thanks very much for speaking to us. And congrats on getting up to senior for the first time. Thanks very much. I'm with Jim Stevens player Michelle Teen after a 12 points to 6 victory in the Kilkenny Intermediate Camogie final over Roaring the Steag and Bendis Bridge today Michelle a huge congratulations first of all what does it mean to you and the whole club? Oh, it's indescribable you don't really know it until you do it like what we've done first time up senior that is amazing and I'm just so proud of everybody and it's about time <laughs> yeah, of course for village supporters it is about time I suppose but what does it mean you know just for you know I suppose it was a goal to get up to senior and now to be there it must mean an awful lot not just for you but for the whole club as well I suppose it was spoken about um, across the year yeah like the calibre of players we have all deserve to be up senior so it just means the world that those girls can go out and give it a best shot against the best in, in the county so yeah we're buzzing and today's game a tough one behind the half time but you came out second half a really strong performance what was said at half time to turn it around a strong breeze as well it must be said I suppose we didn't panic because we knew we kind of had control it was just going out and playing up the village <laughs> playing our best hurling and I, it wasn't too pretty today but we got over the line so we're like, well, well done Michelle and thanks very much for speaking to me and congrats again thanks Will thanks Michelle I'm with the winning village manager in the Intermediate County Final in Kilkenny, of course, James Stevens coming out on top against Roaring Steen and Bendis Bridge on a scoreline of 12 points to 6. John Scott, congratulations. Um, what does it mean to you and the whole club as a staunch club, man, to, to bring them back to senior for the first time? It must mean an awful lot. Oh, absolutely massive. I just, I, I can't even, I can't put it into words the way I, I can explain it. I'm just so happy for it. Now, just the girls, I know I've been there, I've been there actually a long, long time with them, but it's just what they've put in over the last few years, just massive effort and I did say to him if they put in the performance today you know that it should come out on top now fair play to the Roar in this league they fought to the fifth and bitter end and fair play to him which was a great match great camogie and I suppose just John on the game itself six points to four down at half time what did you say to the players to inspire them in the second half a strong breeze behind you of course but an eight points to zero score victory in the second half you really did turn it on yeah look and I knew it's in that team to actually just keep on going and keep on going they have a great engine uh, look just I actually didn't say nothing I just actually just told them we were here this time last year I can I know how Roar and Steeg are feeling now we were the same last year we just turned around and I just said it to them at half time just as we were coming out of the dressing room to look at the cup and remember what was happening last year and look touch wood everything went according to plan and finally John because you're just about to lift the cup over there I'm conscious of that that you want to get over to see that but um, for the whole club as well a, an astonishing achievement to be back up in the top tier for the first time as I say um, you know what the, What will this do for Camogie in James Stevens? oh great and uh, just even this year was the first year some of the older girls that were with me I remember when I took over the team we were training we used to have only 4 and 5 up at training this year we had 34 35 girls and now girls will see we're up senior they'll start coming to the field and and it's great for girls to get them out on the field away from the televisions <laughs> well John Scott congrats on making history for the village today and uh, well done on your intermediate final victory alright thanks very much <laughs>
I'm with player of the match Emma Gaffney all joys and celebrations here in Benesbridge after the village defeated the Roaring Steve by 12 points to 6 in the final as I said I'm with the player of the match fullback Emma Gaffney after that victory Emma congrats um, how are you feeling after that brilliant results brilliant performance by yourself first of all and a great result for the whole team no thank you so much look I'm I feel like I have no words to be honest like you know we put in such work throughout the year and then you know to come out on top today is just icing on the cake and then I wasn't expecting this I'll tell you that much I should say for our listeners she's holding about three trophies two trophies here a lot of trophies but a brilliant performance by yourself I must say first of all before we go on to the team Emma you seemed inspired there today particularly in the second half it just never looked like the Roar and Steve were going to get any score whatsoever and of course in the end they didn't um, how proud are you of your own performance uh, look I won't lie I wasn't expecting it and to be honest the girls I'm surrounded by I can't take away from them like you know like every day I go out like I'm only new in this year actually I'm only after joining this year I'm from Galway originally so uh, like going out and hurling with them girls like I just want to do my best for them and you know them losing the final last year I really just wanted to go out and do it for them this year so you know um, that that's really what inspired me today and you know Philly Larkin took us out last night and he was just like look lads you know you love this game just go out and smile and enjoy it so and that's just what I did today so uh, you know it was a great game <laughs> certainly was a great game uh, looking on it from an objective point of view but for yourself coming from Galway I mean it's a unique story how have you found it this year coming into a team that as you said lost the final by two points I believe it was last year but they seemed really inspired this year and has been a really harmonious camp and one that's been easy to kind of embed yourself into it has it, it really has I have to say I've never I've, like, I've been so welcomed like into this team like I really feel like I'm part of it you know not there wasn't a second where I felt like I was on the edge of it or I was a newcomer you know like they really brought me into it from the very beginning and look uh, the effort that's been put in by everyone throughout the weeks like as well like you know it's we've really bonded over the last few months you know and today's performance specifically the second half Emma like six points to four down at half time we've spoken to a lot of um, people and just kind of the, the kind of notion was to, to stay doing the same things and ultimately that you will come out on top was that kind of a sentiment that you would share as well that maybe you know there was a strong breeze there must be said uh, in the first half in favour of Roran but come the second half you kind of got the ball into your forwards maybe a bit quicker and um, they provided the, the ammunition to go on and win the game mm-hmm. yeah no I think the, the breeze definitely helped you know don't get me wrong it was a strong breeze out there but Look, I think we're like with the, I guess the mindset that we've been drilled into us throughout the months, like by Chuck and Tots and the lads. You know, it's they really just hammered into us, just keep going and keep pushing and just keep supporting each other. And I think that's what got us over the line today. And the whole management team, led by John Scott, of course, a staunch uh, village club man. Um, how important have they been getting over the line? Because it can be easy after losing the final, maybe to just accept defeat and say you're never going to get up. But they really have come back very strong this year. The whole panel and the management team, as I said. Yeah, no, they've been brilliant and look I wasn't there last year but you know this year the mindset and everything and the, the positivity that they brought to the table like each week you know it's an absolutely yeah, fantastic <laughs> Uh, no, but they've just been absolutely fantastic and like, you know, like they've been at every single session that we've been at, you know, they've put in just as much effort so they've really brought us on every single training session this year um, so yeah, no, it, like we wouldn't be here without them Final question, you going to play for Kilkenny? No, <laughs> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that <laughs> Thanks very much Evan, well done again Great, thanks so much thanks. Now, 
As a huge Liverpool and Ireland fan, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Liverpool and Ireland legend Ronnie Whelan. A six-time Division One winner in England and three-time FA Cup and League Cup winner, Whelan also played an imperative role in Liverpool's 1984 European Cup victory. Capped 53 times for Ireland, he played at the World Cup in Italy in 1990 and the USA in 1994 and famously scored against the Soviet Union in Ireland's first major tournament in the European Championships all the way back in 1988. A well-renowned and respected pundit with RTE and LFC TV in his post-playing career, Ronnie will be joined by Liverpool legends Steve McMahon and Jan Mulby in the Watergate Theatre in Kilkenny on Saturday the 6th of May for the LFC Legends Tour. You can get tickets now at www.watergatetheatre.ie. Ronnie, how are you? Very well, thanks very much. First of all, Ronnie, it's been a busy time for both the Irish men's and women's team. We'll start with the good news. The women's team have qualified for the World Cup for the first time after Tuesday's victory over Scotland. You, of course, were at the heart of the Irish team that qualified for the Euros in 88 and then Italia 90. And we know what that has done for football in this country. What do you think this could do for the women's game and the game in general in Ireland? Um, it, it, tremendous. It, it was great. I was watching on the TV. Um, great occasion. Great result. Um, and they're in the big time now um, the thing is also they will have inspired so many younger people I, I, you know, I speak to Robbie um, Keane now and again and Robbie Keane was influenced by what we did in the 80s and 88 you know if, if you can get if the girls can get more girls coming into it more girls wanting to play football in, the way it is now all over the world is it's accepted it's, uh, girls are playing football and it's getting better and better all the time um, a great result against Scotland. Great for them to get to it, and they'll enjoy it so much that they'll want to do it again, and again, and again. And that—that that was another big thing for us when we qualified for Euro '88. We wanted to go back to the big time again, and again, 1994. <clears throat> so there's so many—you would hope—so many big things ahead for the Irish ladies team. As players, can you grasp what you've done for the sport in the country, or are you just ecstatic for what you've done as a team? Yeah, first and foremost, you're ecstatic that you've done the whole thing, you've got there finally. Um, I think you then start to realise how much it meant or how much it means to everybody. You know, the girls will have the family, the friends. Um, First and foremost, they'll be delighted for them because they'll know what they've gone through over the last few years to try and get to where they are. But then you begin to see what it means to the Irish people. And it, it will be the same for the women as it was for the men going all the way back to 88. Um, people will get behind them. People will enjoy going to watch them. Um, and more young girls will be out on the street playing football. Um, back in the 88, the middle to late 80s, it wasn't exactly seen as girls going to play football. Girls went and played with dolls. But now there's so many of them um, wanting to play football. It's great to see. And, and long may the success continue. You know, don't don't let this just be the last one. Let, let's kick on and, and do more, do Euros, do World Cups again. It, it, it would be great if it all happened again. The Irish men's team now know who they will be facing in the qualification campaign for Euro 2024. Three former winners, of course, in the form of the Netherlands, France and Greece are in the group alongside Gibraltar. From what you've seen so far under Stephen Kenny, what chance have we got of even challenging those top two positions in this group? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pessimistic because of the top two positions. I'm optimistic because of where, where we're going and where, where Stephen Kenny wants us to go and where the players seem to want to go. Um, I watched some of the well, I watched nearly all the games, 
Um, I think there's a lot more. Um, the results should be better because of the performances that they put in in an awful lot of games. Um, you know, there's so, been so many draws where just a little, just a little torn of fate, just a little bit of good luck could have won them the games. And you know, we wouldn't be talking like this. We would be saying, yes, things are huge, things are flying. But I think, and I believe that things are going in the right direction. There's a, a pattern you can see how they want to play. It, it's difficult at times for them um, because a lot of them are not ready for that. But you have to, the manager and I think the players as well, have to be of a mindset, yes, this is the right way to do it. There's all different ways to do it. Under Jack Charlton was completely different than what I'd ever known as a footballer. But it got success. And I believe that Stephen Kenny, in given time, I don't see a reason why we should go back out and find a different manager to start doing the same thing again and start rebuilding. I think Stephen's got this group of players that he's bringing through. Um, you look at how they're progressing. Um, the, the, the performances for me, as I said, have been better than the results. Um, Ireland, it's a challenge. It's always been a challenge for the Ireland team, no matter when. Go back to my era, go back to before me. It's always been a challenge to beat the top teams like France and Italy and Holland. and <clears throat> Always, always going to be an uphill struggle for us. But we found a way before, and hopefully, under Stephen, we can find a way again. We, 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 we do pull up. Ireland have pulled off some magnificent results in the past. And long may that continue. Hopefully, Stephen will... It's a huge task to go through that group that you've mentioned. But um, some very, very good performances along the way would really, really help. Is a more progressive style of play that we've seen under Stephen Kenny needed? Or do we need to revert back to a style similar to that of Jack Charlton in your playing days and Martin O'Neill in more recent years? Do we need to look at promoting that more progressive style? Maybe not just for the sake of Kenny, but for the sake of football in this country itself. Yeah, for the sake of the football it is really. Um, I've been watching them for a long time, even before Stephen, under Martin and under different people, Trapattoni. Um I never seen on the Trapattoni or Martin a real pattern of play as such that we're seeing now with Stephen Kenny. You know, you would watch Ireland games under Martin, say, and then at some stage someone would come back and get it off the full back, and then the full back wouldn't give it to him. He'd launch it long, and then the midfielders dropped off to get it off the full back, tank it up to to get the the, the second ball. It was a lot of. Um, ifs and buts and this and that maybe um, but now on the Stephen you've got a pattern of play like, I, I, they have to stick with every team plays this way now I've gone back to the long ball it's not going to it's not going to do it now yeah. you know I've watched Ireland for years playing against Georgia or these sort of countries and then you watch that I know Georgia are playing better football than us now and other countries that were in the same sort of level or below us are playing better football than we were. But at least now when I watch Ireland play, they do play good football. They do create chances and had a bit more luck. We would have had better results and things would have been looking a lot rosier, but it hasn't gone that way. But don't stop um, doing the things you believe in like Stephen will do. We want them to keep playing football. We want them to get on the ball. We want them to be brave playing out from the back. Um 
And I think the more they do it, the better they will get at it. For me, you've got to stick with them for now. Another team, of course, close to your heart, Ronnie, is Liverpool. Six titles and, of course, the 84 European Cup were the highlights of your career with the Reds. We associate a high-octane and a high-pressing game with Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp's side, but we're not seeing that at the moment. Why has it been such a disappointing start to this season, do you think? I wish I knew. <laughs> wish we all knew. I'd get Klopp out of the job and put me in. But um, it's, it's been a really, really difficult start, and it's not like... We've been playing against Man United beat us. Um, you know, it's not like we've been playing against every week against me. You're playing against Fulham. You're playing against lower teams that we can't get results out of. Um, you look at the, the, the games. We we're, we're not losing that many. Performances have not been anywhere close to what they've been over the last few years. Um, the last team in the world that we'll ever talk about was getting rid of Klopp. Um, it's just getting this team back together. Now, one result like the game against Rangers doesn't make you the best team in the world. But a good result against Man City will lift you an awful lot more than the Rangers game will. Um, it's, it's, it's been too many of your top players, too many of Liverpool's top players are not doing it at the moment. You look at Trent, Robbo, Van Dijk, three at the back that you would expect to be playing the way they have done over the last three or four years they've played an awful lot of football is it catching up with them a little bit do they need a bigger rest Robbo's been injured Van Dijk had his bad injury then come through that now <clears throat> has last season had an effect on all that has it taken the I don't know but the, the sting out how they played the, the whole of last season that they you know the players look back on it and think well we, we won the FA Cup we won the Carabao Cup we would rather have the league and the Champions League but it's not to be. It wasn't to be. They haven't. They've got to pick themselves up again now. Injuries haven't helped this season. But everybody gets injuries. But we seem to get an awful lot more injuries than others. I don't know why it is. It's um, hamstrings and ankles. and Everybody's getting some sort of injury. Knees. Um, that doesn't help. The pattern that you want to play football. Um, I felt watching the game against I think it may be an Ajax or something I felt that we needed to go to a four at the back two in front of them two holding midfielders and then put your big man up front and then get three behind him and let, let's play further up the pitch and see where we go he's sort of gone to a four-four-two at times um, sort of a four-four-two. I don't see it as a four-four-two. Um but we've got to battle away Liverpool players have got to battle their way out there's no there's no quick fix. It's just going to have to work hard, work hard at training, work hard on the football pitch and stop conceding so many easily easy goals early on in the game. Are the patchy performances that we've seen from Liverpool more worrying than the actual results themselves, which have been quite concerning also? Well, even look at that first half last night against Rangers. <laughs> that was patchy. Yeah. Um, second half helped an awful lot. But yeah, that is a worry. They're not, they're not playing well. There's too many, as I say, top players not playing to the to the highest level, um, Firmino, Thiago, for me are probably the only two who are doing an awful lot. We seem to be, as I said, the injuries don't help. When you start scratching around with players, and you, you've not got a great bench to work with. You look at the game last night. You've got Jota, Salah, Robinson. They all come on late on in the game, and then it, it, it just gives you another lift again. Um, but the, the performances have got to get back to what they were, getting the ball back early. Um, having the confidence again to go and pass high up the pitch, get our teams, 
It's all, it's, it's all got to be walked at. It's something that's just happened. It, it happens to every team. It happened to the teams we played in where you go for runs. And I can go back to 1981. I know it's a million years ago, but we were 12th in the league at Christmas. You know, someone like Joe Fagan had to read the right act then and tell everybody, likes as soon as in dog leash, all your top players, you are not doing enough. Um, at this moment in time, you, you, you know, you may think you are, but you're not doing enough. You're, you're not creating chances. You're giving the ball away too often. You're conceding too many goals. Um, that gave us a big kick up the backside all the way back then, and we went on to win the league. You can't clop. It's, it's a huge, huge ask for them to go on and win the league. Um, but just start from somewhere and Man City would be a great place to start to get results again and get and playing well so we'll see how that pans out From your experience you would have won after really long seasons you would have won the league the league cups European cups but Liverpool last season of course failed to win in the Champions League final and were just pipped at the post by Man City in the Premier League does that take its toll and has that led to a hangover this season do you think? Yeah, it's, it's something that, as a footballer, you've got to get out of your head. You know, they they get so close to City um, over three years. They win one, do they, and four or something. City win yeah. three, Liverpool win one. Um, they get the four European finals in seven years under Klopp. Yes. Some were saying, um, what, do they win one of them? Yeah, one, one. Or, um, so you, we're getting to places and the results um, it's not going down as you know you've won so many titles you've won so many Champions League you you win a title a Champions you win a title a Champions League um, back in our day we were winning that you know the league and the, the league cup back then and then it went on to start winning European Cups with league cups and with leagues um, Liverpool have to raise the, 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 the bar if they're going to be if they're going to be classed as this is a, a magnificent team but I think we all know that winning trophies at the end of the day will um, show where your team are in the in the echelons of, of the history of Liverpool when you look back in our team in the late 70s early 80s what we did up to 8-5 in Europe was unbelievable Um winning leagues along the way as well it's the same time as winning Champions Leagues or European Cups back then it's it's what Liverpool have got to aspire to they've got Man City which is a huge ask in front of them but then again this year they've got everybody in front of them well half the leagues in front of them at the moment um, that's a long way to, to catch up And but they've if they want to be classed as one of the greatest teams they've, they've got to be able to do it Can a victory over City bring them back into the title race or is it too late at this stage Ronnie? I thought the big one last week at the game against Arsenal I thought if we won that we're still in, in with a chance of the league you, 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 but you, if Liverpool are going to win the league they've got to go on a run of what 20, 20 games unbeaten or something like that it's, it's, it's a big big ask but if somehow they won the next 10 games you know that's that's 20 points you know, you're, you're 8 on whatever it is and, and then you're looking a lot, a lot healthier you beat the top teams um, you've got to beat the top teams now because of the way things are to try and grab them back towards it. The Arsenal one would have been a huge result if they won it. They need to beat City. Um, they need to beat City twice probably, you see, to get them with a game in hand. So there's, there's still loads of permutations. There's loads of games left. Um, but they have to start. They have to start now. There's, there's no more... Um, you can't have any more results like they have been withdrawn with 
Strom, Brighton and you know Fulham they've got to win every game now more or less they've got to go on this run that just just takes them back up there gets them close again and then you never know what can happen later on in the season after the World Cup which, which is coming up in a month of course, we know you from your roles as a pundit with both RTE and LFC TV. You don't speak about that an awful lot, but how much do you enjoy it? I do enjoy um, working with great people like Darren Maloney and George Hamilton and things like that. It's, it's, it makes it a lot easier. Their commentaries make it a bit easier for you. Still get nervous before the games. It's, it's That's just how I am. I, I, I always got nervous when I played, and I still do, do even doing the punditry now. Get a little nerves up. We are going out to the World Cup um, um, out in Qatar, so we'll be out there for four weeks. It looks so. I'm really, really looking forward to that one. This, um, I, I hope it goes all well. I hope we don't get many major bits of trouble out there. I don't mean hooliganism. I just mean human rights protesters and things like that. Hopefully, that's all left out, and, and we get on with the World Cup and watching football. And of course, Ronnie, Liverpool FC legends are on tour in the Watergate Theatre on Saturday the 6th of May at half past seven. You'll be there alongside Jan Molby and Steve McMahon. How much are you looking forward to reminiscing about the good old days with your former teammates? It is great. We've done a few around England as well now. Um, yeah, I'm one of the funniest people I've ever worked with. He was like that on the football pitch as well. He could just say things to just put you down. Um, two, two magnificent players as well to play alongside. But the, the, the whole the stories that that you hear from the lads, are, you, you're not going to hear them, you know, every day. Um, it's a long way off. I know it's May, but we may as well start talking about it now. But it's, it's uh, you have a great, great laugh. The first part will be the the compare. We'll go through our lives, how we became footballers, how we got to Liverpool, what happened along the way. Um, second half will be more about audience participation. They will have the questions that they've written down, handed up. Um, we'll get through as many of them as possible, but we'll we'll do our best to have a very, very good laugh. It, and Jan, as I say, is so dry, so witty. Um, Macca will just snarl at you, so that's the way Macca is, but we'll have a laugh. Um, yeah, so really, really looking forward to it. Well, Ronnie, we wish you nothing but the best of luck at the World Cup and with everything that you do in the future, and thanks very much for speaking to me today. Cheers, Robbie. Thanks a million. <laughs> First of all, John Shark Hanlon, congratulations on an epic win overnight in the American Grand National. You must all be thrilled. Uh, it's unreal over here, so it is. And um, the horse is very good, and the horse is okay this morning. So we're all just we're static over the whole thing because t- to come over here with a little horse like him and to win this race means a lot to the yard and means a lot to me. I can imagine, and I, I saw you being interviewed on American television last night, uh, Shark, and uh, you, you seemed quite emotional after the win. Ah, yeah, why wouldn't it be? You know, we're after, we're after travelling over. The whole family is over for the last week, and, like, he's a harshness after. This day last year, he started his winning. He won the Dharma Nation. Then he won the Bet365. Uh, he went to Galway, won the Galway Plate. He went to this all very unlucky. Uh, to come down at the last team is probably going to win as well and then to come over here to finish his season I don't think any horse has ever done it in I'd say not and you bought the horse of course at an auction at the Goresbridge sales for €850 at the time have you ever had a better bargain shark? No I haven't I tell you we were just talking about it last night 
I bought two horses um, a couple of years ago. I bought him for £850 and I bought Sky S for £500. And in the last year and a half, the two of them have won the grade once. Um, I don't think anyone ever done that in their life anyway. I wouldn't have thought so. And of course, another win for the jockey, uh, Jordan Gainford, uh, from, uh, based out of Enniscorthy, County Wexford, I believe. Um, and I, I suppose you were delighted to have Jordan on board as well. He, he's ridden me since the start with this time last year with the horse. And um, he got the horse a brilliant ride every day. Um, even this door when the horse fell, which was just uh, an unfortunate thing to happen. But the horse came home okay, so that was most important. And he got the horse a super ride. So he did. And he knows the horse. And listen, I'm hoping there's a gold cup in Harden for him now next March. It's like that we all dream about being in Cheltenham, but to have a runner in a gold cup for us out in Palestine a tree, it's be a very, very big thing, such what and um like we have he's a he's a horse that the public is after getting behind too because over here it's amazing how American Irish Americans came to the race to sponsor to support the horse was unreal. Um, I met a lot of people that I never knew. They all came up, they all came. The people travelled two, three hours from different parts of America to see the horse run because there's actually been a lot of a hype about the horse for the last two or three weeks. When I said I was coming here, some people thought I was mad and other people know that I'm mad anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and um, listen, it's just, just for everyone, from our parents at home there, like everyone, and like my own brother didn't get over now, but he won the Bayhound Derby in, in Dublin uh, a couple of weeks ago, so we're after having a non-real, a non-real year, so we are. My own young have won the Dingle Derby as well, so like to, everything comes in, into consideration, like if we're after having uh, a dream that you don't, or a week or a year that you think that uh, you have to pinch yourself to see is it true. Absolutely and finally Shark because I'm, I'm very thankful to you for speaking to me now I know it's a very early American time there when are you expected back when is the horse expected back because I would imagine there's a lot of people out in Bagnallstown and from farther, further beyond that would be loving to see that horse now Well the horse won't be back for a week or ten days but we will when we get back we will organise a parade for the horse babies down as far as the Royal Oak or something like that. We'll be having a little party when we get back. And uh, I'm back myself tomorrow, but I, I'm, I'm only back and I'm leaving. I'm going to the sales in Doncaster uh, on Monday evening. So, uh, but when the horse gets back, we'll, we'll have to do a little parade somewhere. We might even go into the Greyhound track and Kenny bring, out, bring the dog and the horse, bring the tube. I think that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be lovely. It would indeed. Well, John Shark Hanlon, thank you very much for speaking to us here on KCLR News and uh, continued success here and congratulations. Well done. Thanks very much. Thank you. reaction to the news that John Shark Hanlon's um, Hewick has won the American Grand National um, Jordan gain for the course on, on board and uh, it came in at a bargain price of €850 Euros bought in Kilkenny at the time I believe That's it yeah yeah no look it's it's. I'm just thrilled just thrilled for Shark and I'm thrilled for Jordan and, and all the lads um, as you rightly say it was bought at a bargain price in course bridge sales I think Shark he's well documented on 
pointing out how lucky he got. He got it for eight hundred and fifty euro. But this this horse is the gift that he's given for the shark and TJ's owner and, and all the team at the yard. He won a call with Tate earlier in the year, which is kind of the big race of the summer in Irish racing. Should have won the Kerry National, fell at the last, was fierce unlucky. He had the race in the bag when he fell. And then Shark took that big gamble and took it across the pond. A lot of people, myself included, thought he was mad um, <laughs> going to America with the horse, but he's, he's proved us all wrong and we're delighted he has. Um, he didn't have a win there last night. The distance would have been shorter than what Hughes had loved, but that horse has bagged the potential and absolutely bolted up last night. And a cool ride from Jordan and quarter of a million first place probably makes life a little bit easier for TJ and Shark this morning. I can only imagine and it's a great story for I suppose both of the counties because uh, Shark Hanlon of course uh, a Carlow man himself and uh, buy, bought the horse at a Kilkenny auction great for the two counties well that's it Shark's training out of Fennis Court which is just literally if anyone knows that area right on the Carlow Kilkenny border I think he's you know Barrow Rangers will claim Shark because it's their own anyway Paulstown but he's kind of bordering on the two it's, it's a massive win for the county you know it's for the two counties Carlow and Kilkenny but Shark is you know university liked in racing he's a larger than life character he's you know watching the race last night I, I even felt myself getting emotional watching being interviewed afterwards he was you know very quick to point out about the passing of uh, poor Henry the Bromhead's son Jack who was killed in a tragic pony race and accident and Jack would have been really good friends with Paddy Hamlet Shark's son and the Shark dedicated that win straight away to Jack which I thought was a lovely touch but it's stuff like that that, that, that that sets him apart from most people people just love his character and his personality he's, he really is a larger than life personality Indeed, and just finally, Eddie um, Hewick. It's not you know Hewick is no uh, stranger to success. It's already had success this year. Yeah, no, look, Hewick. This that, that'll be his last run for this year. He's had a couple of good wins. The Galway played, as I said, is the biggest. It's the marquee race of the summer. Won that and won that well as well. Sharks' next target for the horse is potentially the Gold Cup at Cheltenham, which is obviously the Blue Ribbon race of racing. So it's a race everybody want to win. I think. We probably won't see Hewitt again till the Gold Cup. I think from listening to Shark last night, he put it away. But I mean, what a what a winter he's going to have preparing that horse for next match for a tilt to the Gold Cup. And you know, who wouldn't who be good in the Gold Cup as well? It'll be it'll be brilliant, and it's it's, it's just super for for everybody there, and we're all just thrilled for them. Wonderful weekend of action ahead in the Greyhound racing world tonight with the semi-finals of this year's Juvenile Derby sponsored by Racing Post Greyhound Television. We are in store for a thrilling night of action. €20,000 to the winner and over €40,000 of a prize fund of this fantastic competition and plenty of local interest here in the first semi-final of the 2022 RPG TV Juvenile Derby. Radical Hero runs from Trap 1, owned by a Carlo man, Mr. Gerard Hutton and trained by Thomas O'Donovan. These two have teamed up before to gain classic success and Radical Hero is a very fast dog indeed has a massive, massive chance from the inside draw of Trap 1 in the first semi-final. So very best look to the Hutton family tonight with Radical Hero. In the second semi-final, Moon Coin trainer Peter Cronin has Trinity Junior in the second semi-final of the 2022 RPG TV Juvenile Derby. He won last week in 28-23. Phenomenal run by five lengths, which is a colossal margin. So best of luck to all involved with Trinity Junior. In the same race, the Oaks champion, the local Oaks champion, might head, Rahamofo, trained by Mert Lahey and of course owned by the Malloy family of County Galway. Won the week before last in 28-15. Is a massive 
massive runner in trap six from the stripes has a huge chance one of the fastest pitches one of the fastest greyhounds in the country indeed and Raha Mofo will be Manny's punter's favourites to come in tonight so best luck to Trinity Junior and Raha Mofo in Shelburne Park for the Juvenile Derby semi-finals moving on we have the Yvonne Barry track bookmaker semi-finals the over 600 in Shelburne Park tonight, Stories Peewee runs in the second semi-final for Gavilamani and trainer Mert Lahey. And also in the same race, Kilgraney Clang runs for the Buggy family of County Carlow. Ran with great credit last week, finishing second in a time of 32.46. So best of luck to all our local runners in Shelburne Park tonight. Elsewhere, down in County Cork, we have the 2022 Irish Greyhound Laurels, of course, sponsored by the Friends of Cork Greyhound Stadium, led by the wonderful man, Jimmy Barry Murphy, and he will be there in Cork Greyhound Stadium tonight. Wonderful to see him get such praise from Roy Keane during the week on Sky Sports, and he is the leader of the committee that sponsors the 2022 Irish Greyhound Laurels. So we're true to the second round. 48 greyhounds remaining and 8 heats of cracking action to look forward to here and plenty of local interest as always our local dogs doing so well across the country and over in the UK as well in the third heat of the second round of the 2022 Irish Laurels prize fund of 63,000 euro here whopping prize fund and one of the most prestigious competitions in the country indeed priceless king runs from trap one in heat three of the second round tonight for Paul Hennessy. What a fantastic trainer he is in Priceless King is a very fast greyhound indeed having done clocks such as 28.47 around Shelburne Park and 28.52 will be improving tonight. In the same race, Kilgraney Sydney runs from trap five for the Buggy family. Phenomenal greyhound this one. Had a 28.01 trial around Cork the week before last which is a phenomenal run and the Buggy family have a massive chance in this year's Laurels with Kilgraney Sydney ran a great credit coming in second last week and in the same race the old boy what a fantastic servant he has been Beach Avenue for Paul Hennessy and of course the Healy family as well has won in excess of 30,000 euro prize money in its career to date won last week in 28.43 and at over four years of age Beach Avenue shows absolutely no signs of stopping he is many racing people's favourite this Beach Avenue and has a huge chance tonight from Trap 6 will be doing his best work late on he stays on like a train in the fourth heat of the second round of the Irish Ground Laurels Lots of local interest in this one with JT Wexford running from trap two for Paul Hennessy. And JT Wexford stayed on very strongly last week to finish second. So best of luck to Paul Hennessy and his team there. Has a very strong team down in Cork tonight. In the sixth heat, we have local interest in the form of Luna Rocket. Another one for Paul Hennessy. So best of luck to them. And in the seventh, I'll not be back runs for Paul Hennessy as well and Sean Adams of Derry won last week in 28-12 phenomenal performance really really set the standard last week and the September 19 ground looks to be peaking at the moment and I'll not be back has a big chance from trap 5 in the 17th of the Laurels tonight so best of luck to all our local runners down in Cork elsewhere last night in Kilkenny but we had a tremendous night of action with two fantastic competitions here the first one being the A3 competition 12,000 euro in prize money for this competition 
trying some of the best A3 graders in the country. Ballantino Show took the first semi-final here in the time of 28.85 by two and a half lengths to Burgess Bulger and Short Notice back in third. So those three progressed through to the final next week. In the second semi-final, Vickers Hill Boy came home in front here in a time of 28.93. Had a price of 72. Greg's Bubbly back in second and Droopy's Annalise back in third make up the final of the 12,000 euro Kilkenny Track A3 competition. A cracking competition and a wonderful final to look forward to next Friday night. Of course, in two weeks' time, we will have the St. Lacton's GAA Club of Freshford Fundraiser on October 28th. So certainly a day to put in your diary. It's going to be a fantastic night. Elsewhere last night, we also had the split the pot A1 5 to 5 semi-finals the first semi-final was won by Triangle Ricardo at time of 28.85 here price of 4 to 1 won by 3 links to Warzone Milo and Deadly Crusader back in third so those three progressed through to the final and in the second semi-final here Leary came out on top here at even money by a length and a half to foil Amy and Beauty Quickstep back in third and those three progressed through to the final of the split to pot A1 competition in Kilkenny so two finals to look forward to next Friday night and St. Nectan's GA Club of Freshford Fundraiser the following Friday night. Really exciting times in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium and also reporting a very positive sale in the track this morning. Next sale coming up on Saturday, December 3rd. So very exciting times in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. Best of luck to all our local runners in Shelburne Park and Cork tonight for the Irish Greyhound Laurels and of course the semi-final of the RPG TV Juvenile Derby. That's been Scoreline Extra. Thank you so much for listening in throughout the weekend and listening in today. We'll be back again next week from 2 to 6, as we always are, every weekend on KCLR. For now, I've been Shane O'Keefe. Stay safe, stay sane, and remember, folks, please, your sound out. Mm-hmm.